we've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down three nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um, Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Welcome to New York. Devil's State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast. Brought to you, Brought by, to the you by the Hockey, hockey podcast, podcast, podcast. Now here's, now your, here's host, your host, Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano. And welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news and content about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to check this episode out. We do greatly, greatly appreciate it. We always have exciting news, exciting content, you know, great topics to discuss, and even great guests. And speaking of great guests, we had another guest come on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. You probably have heard of him. He's pretty well known in the Devil's media world. It was a pleasure to have on NHL.com writer who also covers the Devils and covers a lot of the prospects in the NHL, Mike Morial. We had a great talk for a little less than an hour talking about the players that are going to be playing, you know, representing the Devils in the World Junior Championships, you know, the offseason the Devils had, the coaching staff, some of the players that were most intrigued on seeing, you know, perform this upcoming season and what our expectations are for the upcoming 2021 season. And again, thank you so much to Mike Morial for coming on and speaking with us. We do greatly, greatly appreciate it. It was a great interview. So I want you guys to sit back Relax and enjoy this great interview with NHL.com's Mike Morial. And as I always say before the start of everything, let's drop the puck. All right, Devils fans, we have another special guest joining us here on the Devils State of Mind podcast. This is a man that I'm pretty sure a lot of you Devils fans have, you know, definitely seen from his tweets, things that he writes about the New Jersey Devils and many more things. He was actually just on 31 and 31, the NHL's, uh, I guess what you would call just a way to preview the upcoming season. We are welcomed 
to have on the staff writer at NHL.com since 2008. He also covers the New Jersey Devils. That is none other than Mike Morial. Mike, welcome to the Devils State of Mind podcast. How are you doing today? Doing real good, Neil. I really appreciate you having me on the program. It's it's always great to talk hockey, especially in a, a period in our history that's, you know, it's kind of tough. So with the pandemic. So it's, uh, it's really nice to, to be talking hockey, chatting hockey, and, and knowing that uh, the season could begin, you know, in the middle of next month. So uh, there's a lot to get excited about. There certainly is. And there's a lot to get excited about when it comes to the New Jersey Devils. And that leads me to my, to my first uh, talking point with you. As most Devils fans and everybody knows at this point, the Devils have six prospects playing in the upcoming 2021 World Junior Championships. Dawson Mercer, Patrick Moynihan, Arseny Gritsyuk, Shakir Mohamedouin, Alexander Holtz, and Yarmir Hitling. Out of these prospects, Mike, which of them are the ones that Devils fans need to keep their eye on during most of this tournament, especially because the NHL Network just announced that they will be broadcasting all of the games? Yeah, absolutely, Neil. That's, that's a great point and one that the fans should know. So you'll obviously have a chance uh, to witness not only the Devils prospects, but all the prospects across the board uh, that were drafted by NHL teams, not only in 2020, but 2019. Obviously, the World Juniors is, is a tournament for uh, NHL prospects aged, uh, you know, under 20 years of age. So um, we always look forward to this. Obviously, there are a few players that uh, have yet to be drafted, so that's always something that I'm very curious about with those players. But as far as the Devils are concerned, yeah, Alexander Holtz is a, is a player I'm really looking forward to to watching. I, I, in my eyes, he he is the top prospect in the Devils pipeline right now. Uh, now, Neil mm-hmm. um, goes about six foot, 192 pounds, a real. Just a pure goal scorer. You can play that tough, intelligent game. Uh, he's 18 years old. He's a right-hand shot. Um, I, I would think that eventually he'll fill a, a top-six role on the Devils, you know, alongside either, you know, Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes down the road. Um, real productive scorer. He's going to be playing on Sweden's uh, top line at the World Juniors, so you'll see a lot of him. Um, you know, I do like, uh, I, I, I do like Shakir Mahakadulin. Uh, the defenseman that the Devils drafted, number 20 in the 2020 draft. Yep. Um, he's going to be uh, in a top uh, top pairing role for Russia. Obviously, Russia has the, a new coach this year in uh, uh, Igor Larionov. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Larionov is a guy that really likes, uh, likes the young players, likes to see these young players develop. So I would expect Mahakadulin to, to really um, – uh, get a lot of ice time here, uh, be a big presence at 6'3", 178 pounds. So, um, you know, he's in his second full season with UFA in the Continental Hockey League this season. So he's been playing with men the past two years. So certainly a player I'm looking forward to. And then uh, you mentioned, you know, Dawson Mercer, who uh, acquired by the Devils with the number 18 pick in, in the 2020 draft. Uh, I, I think Merce, uh just a complete, when you talk about complete 200-foot players, Neil, Dawson Mercer is defines that. I mean, 19-year-old, he's a right-hand shot, can play all situations, reliable in his own zone, goes about six foot, 180 pounds. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a real nice uh, tournament here for Canada, which, of course, is loaded uh, with NHL prospects. You know, you look at Kirby Doc, who actually played a full season right. with the Chicago Blackhawks already on that team, Bowen Byram. 
geez, a, a defenseman. Uh, he was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche, and, and Bowen Byram could be playing in the NHL next season as well. So Merce is going to be on a, a real strong Canadian team with a that really has a good chance to defend uh, their gold medal. I would I would say those three players are the. I mean, all the players are going to be on my radar, but those three in particular are are, are a, a few that I'm really interested in watching in the World Juniors. You know, it should be mentioned also that Shakir is one of the alternate captains for Team Russia going into the World Junior Championship. So clearly, they like him as a leader, both on and off the ice, which I think is is really important. And you know, some of the other guys you had mentioned, Alexander Holtz. I mean, he's going to be the number one guy that I think Devils fans are going to be really excited to see because. You know, look, it is, it is a little bit difficult for Devils fans to get an opportunity to watch Alexander Holtz play this year overseas. So difficult, you know, with finding a place to watch him and everything. But now playing on a national stage or an international stage, excuse me, he'll, he'll definitely get a lot more eyes on him. One guy that I didn't mention on here that I actually was surprised that didn't make his team, which would be Team Canada, was Graham Clark. Apparently, from what I had been hearing from people, you know, with Hockey Canada, that he had been doing really, really well in actually some of the scrimmages they had prior to the final cuts. He was the only player that had a point in every single scrimmage. So I was kind of surprised when the cuts were made that he was one of the final cuts that he didn't end up making uh, Team Canada. But I've said before, Mike, and I don't know if you would agree, but I, I feel that there's something really special about this kid, Graham Clark. I feel like he's going to be somebody the Devils are going to really need and, and want to have in the near future. Yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Neil. I, you know, Clark obviously playing for the 67s in the Ontario Hockey League, drafted uh, in 2019, uh, 80th overall. Um, a re- you know, shining offensively after, you know, he recover- had to recover from a torn labrum uh, mm-hmm. early last season. And, and, he, and he did. And he, and he showed up at, at Canada Camp. And I think it was just a numbers game, right, Neil? I mean, you have so many right. good players here. Obviously, uh, Canada's got to cut a few, and, and Graham um, happened to be that player. Now he could play. You know, he, he's exceptional on right wing. Uh, you know, he's got real good speed, a real good shot, um, and he's recovered from that injury. So as far as Graham Clark and, and a possible timetable, and I agree with you, this is a special kid. He's a special player. I certainly feel as though uh, he's in – that that top ten of prospects that's in the uh, that are in the pipeline for the Devils. Right. I, I would think if you're looking at a timetable and to give Devils fans an idea, maybe the 22-23 season is one to keep an eye on, or even 23-24 uh, for Graham Clark to really make a push and, and become a professional. But there's no doubt about it. Special player, uh, special athlete, and uh, I think the Devils certainly have a good one there to look forward to down the road. Yeah, they certainly do. And, uh, you know, it just I've seen a lot of what he's been able to do. And then you heard, obviously, what he was doing with Team Canada this year. I think without a doubt, he'll get an opportunity maybe next year, possibly with the with the World Juniors or at some point with Team Canada. I think that it was probably a difficult decision to make when it came to the amount of talent that they had. Now, talking about the United States. I believe if I saw this correctly, they have about 20 players on their team that were in the that were first round picks, which is pretty impressive. This is probably the most talented world junior team for the United States we've seen in quite some time. And obviously, Patrick Moynihan, uh, Devils prospect, was one of the ones that did make the team. One guy that basically decided he was not going to play in the World Junior Championships was Jack Hughes. Now, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks have kind of given their opinions 
one way or another about whether or not this was the right decision or you know whether it was right for him to stay and focus on the Devils. My opinion on it is I felt that he was making the right decision about staying in New Jersey, getting acclimated with the new coaching staff, some of the new players that they have on the team, and also just focusing on having a rebound year because obviously the expectations are going to be high once again for Jack Hughes to take the next step in his development. What, 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 do you, what is your opinion, Mike, on Jack Hughes' decision to not play the World Junior Championships for Team USA? Well, let me start by saying that I totally, totally respect uh, Jack Hughes' decision. Um, and, and I agree with you, Neil, that this was probably, you know, the Devils want him to just focus uh, on the season, the upcoming season, and what he needs to do to become a better player. He obviously did so much in the offseason, so they don't want that to get disrupted in any way. And, you know, as we know, if those teams that did not, uh, you know, did not uh, qualify for the Stanley Cup qualifiers uh, may be able to get on the ice a week earlier. Mm-hmm. So the Devils kept that in mind as well. Totally respect the decision. Um, but I do f- also feel, Neil, that, um, you know, if he did decide to play World Juniors, I, I don't think it would have been a bad thing either um Mm -hmm. you know obviously he would have a big uh big role for the u.s uh in the tournament um you know i was on the opposite side of this debate this time last year when hughes already had played 25 plus nhl games uh and the tournament was being held in the czech republic Mm -hmm. Uh, at that time he was already heavily involved with the devils so uh, i saw no reason for him to suddenly put his nhl season on hold but this, this year, to me, Neil, was a little different, right? Yeah. There's, there's no firm start date to begin the NHL season. Yep. Uh, the, 20, uh, the 21 juniors is being held in North America, in Edmonton, in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think he would have gotten an opportunity to shake off some of the offseason rust, play with and against many of the, the best under 20 age players in the world, and, and would be primed and ready for whenever the NHL regular season began. So um, either way, I don't see – I didn't see a, a bad choice for Jack, mm-hmm. but I certainly respect the decision that the Devils and Hughes made in this instance. It's a real important year for Jack, right, Neil? We, we right. all know that um, after he, what he endured last year, um, and he wants to get off on the right foot. And perhaps if he played at World Juniors uh, and, and the NHL season was underway or training camps were underway, he'd come back to Jersey and things would be a little hectic for him. This way, he's just settled in. When training camp begins, he comes to Jersey, joins the team, is right. there from day one, and can just seamlessly flow uh, right into the regular season whenever that begins uh, this year for the Devils. With, without a doubt, without a doubt, Mike. And you also have to think about his future and say, look, I mean, there's an opportunity that maybe down the road if things work out that he could be playing for Team USA in the Olympics. So, you know, he'll yep. have more opportunities to play on the international stage as he progresses but obviously he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder this year because a lot of people have been very critical of him saying oh he's a bust oh he's been you know it was a terrible pick by the devils and i think when you look at everything and i've defended jack hughes from the start to say look this kid lost his first head coach the star player got traded the general manager that drafted him got fired you had a crazy season you didn't even finish your first full season because of a pandemic And now it's been nearly a year since the last time you were on the ice. So I think there's a lot of where people need to just relax, give this kid time to develop the way he needs to develop. And then in a couple of years, you can really make 
that decision. Now let's let's shift to the the New Jersey Devils organization as a whole. This wasn't going to be a very impactful offseason. The Devils made the decision to make Tom Fitzgerald the general manager. They brought in Lindy Ruff and basically new coaching staff. They had a three first round picks and they were very productive in my opinion in the draft. And then they had earlier on this offseason a very busy offseason. Things have quieted down over the last couple of months. But when you look at the moves, Mike, that the Devils have made, which ones do you think stand out to you the most that Tom Fitzgerald made this offseason so far? Well, I, I do think that they needed to address the goaltending situation. I mean, obviously, um, I think it's fair to say that uh, Corey Schneider did wonders for the Devils. Uh, he was a great leader in the locker room. He was always a lot of fun, Neil, for, for mm-hmm. us to uh, um, to talk to as a uh, you know as far as the media is concerned. Um, gave a hundred gave it a hundred percent for the Devils, and there's no doubt that he'll be remembered by Devils fans um, for for what he was able to bring you know off and on the ice when he was on his game. But things just didn't uh, work out for Corey uh, the past year and a half. Um, so the Devils needed to find someone to to help out Mackenzie Blackwood who. Looks like he is the face, going to be the face of the franchise uh, in net for the foreseeable future uh, after the season that he had last year as a rookie. So, um, you know, getting getting Corey Crawford in here, I think was was a big uh, uh, was a big feather in, in Tom Fitzgerald's hat. There, uh, sign him to a two year contract on October 9th. Uh, uh, he's 35 years old. Uh, he offers that experience. He's a real good locker room presence. You know, on top of that, still has that ability to, to post some, some decent numbers. You know, joins the Devils after 13 seasons and, and two Stanley Cup championships uh, with the Blackhawks. And, and that's something that, that it means something, Neil. It's, it's significant that they bring in uh, players with that Stanley Cup pedigree that know what it takes to win, uh, know what you need to do in difficult times during the course of a regular season that, that can become so burdensome and, and uh, you know, elongated and, and tiresome towards the ends, uh, end of the season. And, and, and Corey Crawford knows what it takes to get through those periods, especially for this young, you know, we're going to have a young Devils team this year as well. Right. So um, I, I like the Crawford move uh, if they needed to shore up that position. And I believe they did now with Blackwood and Crawford in there. Mm-hmm. I like what they did uh, defensively, you know, Dmitry Kulikov signing him to a one-year contract mm-hmm. um, after the three seasons he had with the Winnipeg Jets, you know, real versatile. He's capable of playing either the left or the right side. A real big hitter, Neil. He, he likes to throw the body around. He'll sacrifice. He'll block shots. He had 77 uh, and 51 games with the Jets last season. Mm-hmm. On top of Kulikov, I like uh, the acquisition of defenseman Ryan Murray, acquired in that trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, Murray said that he's healthy. He's, he's ready for kind of a reset. Uh, he's 27 years old, so he's still relatively young. A good two-way guy with an emphasis on defense. Uh, um, you know, he looks to jump into the rush when he can and, and pitching in offensively. He plays a real tight-checking game. Uh, is more of a pass-first type D guy. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, the Devils need some experience, some guys, um, you know, as I said, with you know, that, that know how to win in tough situations. Murray is that type of guy. I, he was also a high draft pick too, so Devils get another uh, another one of those uh, in you know in the system here. So 
And then the one other guy, I mean, forward-wise, that I got to talk about is Andreas Janssen. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I've written about Janssen quite a few times when he, he was a rookie with the Maple Leafs. And, you know, last year, I know he was nicked up with some of the injuries and stuff. But, you know, the trade with the Maple Leafs, I thought was a great one. You know, he's 25. He can play with highly skilled players or serve in a, in a bottom six role. He's got a shooter-first mentality contributes on the power play and the penalty kill. I think Fitzgerald really liked that versatility, Neil. I think right. he, he liked those players that, that can scale the lineup. He's, he definitely is the type of player that, uh, you know, Lindy Ruff's going to crave to get into the lineup, to put in with anyone. Whenever there's an adjustment that's needed um, late in the game, uh, you know, a tight game, you know, Andreas Janssen is that type of guy that can, uh, that can fit into the lineup. So, I, I, you know, I do like what the Devils did this offseason. And when you count, uh, you know, you add in the, the draft picks, the three draft picks they had that we discussed uh, playing in World Juniors, I, I think it was is quite a, a successful offseason for the Devils and, and one that, you know, lead us to believe that there's going to be a lot of promise uh, and a lot more cheering than jeering at uh, uh, Prudential Center uh, in the very near future. Right, especially when we get the opportunity to get fans back in these arenas. There is no question about it. And I've said before that, you know, Fitzgerald has been, you know, blatantly you know honest with basically where the devils are where they where he wants them to be and how long does he think it's going to take and that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed with having him as the general manager of this team and I think another thing to remember for devils fans to understand is that look Fitzgerald has this cap space and he's not just going to spend it willy-nilly he's going to try to find deals that benefit his team and that's where the Andreas Janssen move comes in that's where maybe some other moves could happen whether it's prior to the start of the season or during the year or even next offseason, depending on how everything, you know, comes to fruition. Now, let's look at the coaching staff a little bit here, Mike. Obviously, Lindy Ruff is the head coach of the New Jersey Devils, and he brought in some really good experience with guys like Mark Recchi. He actually was able to keep uh, Elaine Nazardine to stay on as a coach, which I think is good to kind of give some familiarity to the rest of the Devils team. What type of team do you expect Devils fans to see that is being coached by Lindy Ruff? Well, Ruff, Ruff wants to use skills possessed by his players to own the puck. Uh, building a team that can, can dominate by way of speed and puck possession. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what he, he did in Buffalo. He, he helped coordinate that uh, with the Rangers when he was an assistant coach there. At the same time, we all know he's also a big proponent of, of defending, and that's something he wants uh, each player to have a passion for in order to, to generate success as a team. Uh, obviously, he's sixth in the NHL and wins all time, seventh in games played. So Lindy Ruff has been around. He's been there, done that, knows what it takes to be successful. He knows how to use uh, those younger players and mix in those those skilled veterans to kind of give those younger players, uh, you know, some people to lean on. So I think the hiring of Mark Recchi was also great in September. Uh, you know, Hockey Hall of Famer, he joins rough staff after three seasons in, in a similar role with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He worked primarily uh, on the power play there, Neil. Um, mm-hmm. but, and, and the Penguins' power play was, was third in the NHL uh, during his tenure as an assistant in those three years. I believe it was just uh, you know, a tab over 23% in three seasons. So uh, Mark Reckie's gonna going to help with the power play. And, of course, you know, Nazardine did all he could, right, Neil? Uh, mm-hmm. when, when he took over as an interim coach last year, I have a great deal of respect for Naz, what he was able to do. 
it wasn't an ideal wasn't an ideal situation uh, for him to to come in and replace John Hines, who was a, a real good friend of his, still is. Um, but he, he was able to do it. Um, I, I I thought he I thought you know he presented himself well and what he wanted his players to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a defensive minded coach. He did real well with the PK and helping the Devils, uh, you know, obviously be one of the top teams, top-rated teams on the PK uh, in the NHL last season. So he'll return. Uh, I'm glad he, um, you know, he agreed to come aboard uh, despite the fact he wasn't actually named coach. I know some coaches um, would look at that and say, well, I'm going to try my hand somewhere else since I did get a taste of it. But right. but Naz knows what kind of, you know, coach and person Lindy Ruff is. I think that played a part in it. He wants – to learn from Lindy Ruff uh, and maybe after this season or the season after that, you know, Naz will have an opportunity to become a head coach in the NHL. So uh, credits to, to Naz and the work he's put in. And I know uh, the tireless hours that he's going to put in uh, for the upcoming season to help the devils, um, you know, on defense and on the PK. So I do like the coaching staff. I like whatever, how everything has been put together uh, again, Fitzgerald, Tom Fitzgerald's done a real nice job with this, Neil. He certainly has. And, you know, I know a lot of people reacted um, like the world was coming to an end at first from a fan's perspective when the Devils did hire Lindy Ruff, considering some of the other names that were out there, Gerard Gallant, Peter Laviolette, you know, guys like that. But I think what people need to understand is that Lindy Ruff is an experienced head coach. He took a Buffalo Sabres team to the Stanley Cup finals. He took them to -to back-to-back Eastern Conference finals. This guy also was able to get the best, you know, career years out of guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and he really understands offense. And I think that's something the Devils have really lacked over the last couple of years. I think they've certainly improved it, but I think they want to try to become a team that can average three, four goals a game and really put pressure on these other teams. But also, Lindy Ruff needed to get some guys that could help out in the other areas. And then you look at Nazardeen, like you mentioned, I think he did as good of a job as anybody could have done with the situation that he was put into. I thought the team responded very well to him. And, you know, it wasn't a surprise that he was getting consideration to be the official head coach moving forward. I think Devils players would have been very satisfied with that. And I think even a lot of fans would have been satisfied with that. But it's mm-hmm. good that he remains on the team, like I mentioned before, gives the team some familiarity going into this. And I think that's a really important thing. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this coaching staff meshes with the players. Now, let's talk about the, the players on this team. Particularly, let's talk about some of the young guys. So when you look at the roster that – we might see when this 2021 season starts, whenever they really want to get it going. Young guys like Ty Smith, Yanni Klokinen, uh, Riley Smith, you know, guys like that, maybe even possibly a Igor Sharangovich, possibly, you know, just different guys like that could get a real good opportunity to play the season. Like, what are your thoughts on some of those guys and maybe some of the other young guys that I mentioned that maybe could get an opportunity this season? Well, you know, I like uh, the chances uh, that Ty Smith has to to make this team. Uh, You know, I think uh, we've waited uh, long enough. I mean, Ty Mm -hmm. came in after he was drafted in uh, in 2018 into training camp, and there was almost a chance he was going to be, you know, go with the team uh, when they uh, went to Switzerland and Sweden and and begin play there. But, uh, you know, they sent him home at the last minute, and, and at the time the coaching staff, told him to, you know, work on his game, get better, uh, mature, build up a little bit, and become the best player in the Western Hockey League. And that's precisely what Ty Smith did, won Western Hockey League Defenseman of the Year, his second straight season this past year. He's 20. Mm-hmm. 
He can quarterback a power play. Um, you know, I really like what he's able to do here. I, you know, um, doesn't mean he's going to start, uh, you know, opening night necessarily, but he's on track to be an impactful defenseman for this uh, organization in the near future. I like Nolan Foot, Neil. I like, uh, yes. you know, that was a great, another great trade. We're talking about Tom Fitzgerald and the moves he's made. Uh, we can't forget about that one. Obviously, Blake Coleman helped the Tampa Bay Lightning greatly uh, in their Stanley Cup win, and it was great to see Coles uh, win a cup. But, uh, you know, the Devils to get Nolan Foot, uh, 19-year-old. Uh, he'll no doubt begin his professional career this year. It'll either be with the Devils or in Binghamton. Right. Um, you know, he earned big minutes uh, in the American Hockey League, uh, um, you know, and, you know, he goes about 6'3", 196 six pounds. He, he has that shoot-first mentality, adds some physicality. I think that's what they want to see in Nolan Foot. He, he's more of a power-forward type guy. Uh, when he, you know, made some good strides, his ability to get to the inside and demonstrate more of those power forward characteristics that, you know, seem, we seem to find harder in today's game. We don't see that very much. And Nolan Foot uh, is a player capable of, uh, of bringing that ability. You know, you look at a guy like uh, uh, Kevin Ball, the defenseman Ooh. who also the Devils uh, traded for uh, from the Ottawa 67s. Hey, look, Neil, if you're 6'7", 240 pounds, are you yeah. kidding me? What are they feeding these guys <laughs> in the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah. Um, but, you know, another good, strong defenseman. This is a guy that's a clubber in the back, back end. I mean, uh, he, he can wipe out guys. Um, his skating has certainly improved over the last couple of years. So another guy, Kevin Ball, is one that we could uh, possibly, you know, possibly look at. And, you know, Yanni Kuokinen is a player that – another trade uh, that was made that the Devils acquired um, uh, in the in – the, uh, in the in, that's right, Sammy Vountain in, uh, in the trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, Kuokinen, uh, you know, was an elite, an elite form in the American Hockey League after hip surgery last January, you know came over and, and uh, I thought he played well. He played a couple games with the Devils. Um, he looked good. Uh, I think he'll certainly be given an opportunity, maybe in a middle six role with the Devils this year. Um, so, uh, you know, it looks real promising for the Devils and a lot of these prospects and, and who they have coming up. So, um, you know, whether it be players that the Devils acquired and, and have NHL experience or these players that uh, certainly are on the cusp of making the roster. It's, I know one thing, Neil, is certainly going to be a competitive training camp. It certainly is. And, you know, one of the things that, that you brought up that's very important is that a lot of the guys that we're expecting, other than Ty Smith, are guys that were acquired this past trade deadline. You know, there were, and I think that's something to keep in mind, that, you know, Tom mm -hmm. Fitzgerald was given a task to try to build the farm system, and that's what he's done. And he really believes in, in a lot of these young kids. And I think that that's something to certainly keep in mind. Another young kid that I, I mentioned and has been absolutely tearing it up in the Continental Hockey League and has been one of the most talked about prospects in the Devils organization this offseason is Igor Sharangovich. He has been white hot in the KHL, one of the best scorers. He's only 22 years of age. Do you feel, Mike, that with his production this year, that he will get a bigger look from the Devils? this year to possibly maybe make the team or at least get an invite to training camp? Yeah, it's possible. Um, you know, I, I know there's some contract uh, situations that the Devils have to look into. Um, I, I think that if he is able to come, come to training camp and, and, and help in any way, I think it's certainly 
Uh, they'll certainly bring him over, give him a look. And yes, I mean, playing in the Continental Hockey League and, and doing the damage that he's been, he's been doing, uh, certainly I, I think uh, if he's able to, to, to win a starting role or is impressive enough, the Devils will give him an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think a lot of those players in the KHL, it's nice to let them marinate a little. Um, let them sit maybe, uh, you know, two, three years. Um, and then, you know, you bring them over, as you said, maybe to a training camp, to development camp, uh, get them accustomed a little bit to North America, not only on the ice, right, but, but off the ice, uh, learn about, uh, you know, the city and, and what it's like over here. Uh, I think that's all a part of having, having the prospects, uh, you know, in a comfortable state of mind. So, when they're comfortable off the ice, they're going to be even better on the ice. And uh, I think the Devils will ease all these prospects that are probably playing in the Continental Hockey League. And, and even those, uh, you know, overseas in Europe and, and Sweden and Finland, wherever they might be, um, if they haven't had that taste of the NHL yet, just to, to give them a little idea of what it's like over here before finally having them settle into a, uh, whatever amount of game season we have in, in 2021. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, you look at the fact that the Devils do have a lot of young players that need to be given an opportunity. And we unfortunately did not have a development camp this year, which would have been, you know, a really good thing for a lot of these young players. But hopefully next year we get that opportunity. And again, you know, you talked about the contract situation. One of the things that Devils fans need to keep in mind is that I believe this is the final year of Sharon Govich's deal with the Devils. So I don't know exactly what their situation is is going to be moving forward, but I do believe that considering how well Sharon Govich has been playing, the Devils are certainly going to want to keep him long-term. So let's shift back to the Devils. And one of the things that people are obviously concerned about right now with the, you know, with still, you know, the team itself is that both Jesper Bratt and Mackenzie Blackwood are both restricted free agents and neither one of them has been signed to a contract. Now, obviously, this is not the first time the Devils have experienced this. A couple of years ago, the Devils waited until the middle of training camp to sign Miles Wood to, an, to a contract when he was an RFA. Do you feel, Mike, that the Devils are looking to try to get a deal done before the season starts, very similar to Miles Wood, or is it maybe a wait-and-see approach from their standpoint? It's kind of a strange situation, Neil, because of uh, you know what we're dealing with, with the pandemic and Still, you know, nothing has been confirmed as to when the season will actually start. We don't actually have a schedule. So things are kind of up in the air right now. I could, I will say this, um, you know, the Devils do want to sign Jesper Brad. Uh, you know, obviously Mackenzie Blackwood is, is certainly a player that they want to have a deal done. Um, I, I just think it's a matter of timing um, and, and when, uh, the right situation will come up for these contracts uh, to be renewed. Um, you know, look, you know, Jesper Brad is a, is a top six forward. I know he can play third line, which he played a lot uh, last year as well. Uh, he's, he's shifty. He's aggressive. Um, he's the type of player that I think Lindy Ruff will love to have on the club. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, it goes without staying, but I'll say it anyway. Mackenzie Blackwood, to me, um, is one of the up-and-coming goaltenders in this league. I, I really like what he was able to showcase last year. I think he came into his own as far as his maturity. Right. Um, I, I witnessed that in the locker room. He was a different, a different player, Neil, than he was the previous season when he came over. You know, did some spot duty there. Um, but but this year, or I should say, last year, uh, you know, was a coming-out party for for Mackenzie Black and what he was able to produce for the Devils in, in such a difficult. Uh, situation. So 
Obviously, Blackwood is another player that the Devils want to keep uh, long term. So uh, to answer your question, I you know don't know when these contracts are going to get done because we still are, are kind of uncertain as to when the season might happen, when it's going right. to take place. And let's face it, these RFA contracts usually go to the last minute uh, right. for, for a lot of these players. And maybe the Devils are just waiting for, for something to click in as far as uh, a player – uh, that's a, of comparable status to see how much they're earning or see how much they're paying or uh, what the net worth is. So, and there could be a lot of differing factors here. So um, I think something will be done. I just don't know when. <laughs> no, that's, that's a very, that's a very good answer. And that's usually the answer I've gotten from a lot of people is that it's just a matter of waiting and seeing when the right time is to strike. And again, there's also the, the constant speculation that maybe, you know, the devils are still looking to see if there's somebody else that they could add to the team and look, the Devils still have a lot of cap space, I believe about between 13 yes. and $15 million in cap space. So even if they were to go and acquire another player that maybe carries a couple, a couple million dollars on his contract, whatever the case may be, the Devils would still have enough money to re-sign both of those guys. But I'm pretty sure, just like you would see with some other teams in other sports, that guys like Jesper Bratt and Mackenzie Blackwood are definitely of, of high priority. And I'm sure Fitzgerald has had conversations with both of those players' agents and said, look, you know, it'll come. We just got to, we got to wait till the right time to do it. And I'm sure these guys are very patient about it. I'm sure it's not something that uh, Devils fans should worry about in any way. Now, there are a couple of guys that I personally expect Mike to take the next step in their development this season. You know, guys like Nikita Gusev, if he can build off of the second half of last season, this, this guy, as I call him, the Russian rifle is going to be an absolute dynamite player with this team. Jesper Bratt, Jesper Boquist, Jack Hughes, Nico Heeshear. Do you have the same feeling, Mike, with any of these players or anyone else on the team this upcoming season? Yeah, I agree with you. Nikita Gusev really came on strong over the second half of last season. You know, finished the season with 13 goals, 44 points, 15 power play points in 66 games. I, I'd expect him to, to perform with even greater confidence this season. I expect, uh, you know, more from Hughes, right, Neil? He's 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put on a few pounds, added muscle. I believe the pause was good for him. Uh, he was able to reset, understand what he needs to do to get better as an NHL player. He's competitive. And, you know, if you watch his game, he, he keeps going to, to the tough areas. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I like what this, I like what the, you know, what these other players do bring to the team, the yes for Brad, as we talked about, you know, another guy that's uh, quick and, and fast on his skates and, and can get the job done for the devils. And, um, you know, when you look at the devils in general and, uh, the roster makeup. I mean, they have enough good young players here uh, w- with these veteran guys that, you know, the team has brought in over the course of the last, you know, year and a half. And I think you have a team here that could, you know, I don't believe is going to, to really to, to qualify for playoffs this year, but I really, I really believe Neil that they're going to challenge. And I think they're still maybe a year away from really competing year in and year out, year out for, for, you know, a, a playoff spot. Um, let's face it. I mean, Fitzgerald has said publicly, he's kind of branded the next two seasons as the learn to win phase. Yep. So they want to be competitive. Uh, they want to be pushing for a playoff spot and, and also playing those meaningful, uh, one goal games, which I believe they will, yep. uh, this season. So there's a lot of talent on this roster. You know, I, let's face it. I also like to see, you know, a lot more from, uh, you know, PK Subban, I'm sure wants to yeah. play a lot better than he did last season after the Devils acquired him in that draft day trade. 
um, uh, the year they uh, got huge, number one. Right. So uh, P.K. Subban is another player I'm hoping can pick up the pieces and get back to that uh, Norris Trophy winning form that, that he once was, and I, and I think he can get to. And obviously, you know, you look at some of the other leaders. You know, Nico Heischer is, uh, is going to take another step here. Uh, the Devils aren't going to have aren't going to name a captain to start this season. I think, you know, Tom Fitzgerald believes that uh, you know there there are several good leaders. I think they want to wait it out to see yeah. what Lindy Ruff can see on the ice. Who's maybe doing the most talking on the bench? Who's who's taking on that leadership role? And I think that's a good decision. So, yep. most of those veteran players will, um, you know, I, I think be given a chance. I think eventually Nico may be that guy wearing the C. I just like the way his 200, 200 foot game has evolved. Um, you know, in his three seasons in the league, obviously he's got, he got the big payday last, uh, last year and, mm-hmm. uh, last season. And, and, you know, Nico is going to take another step now, you know, he, he took, you know, he struggled a little bit last year as well with, as did the entire team, but he's a player that uh, I think, even when he's not scoring, Neil, he does so many other good things. And that's what you want to see from young players. If, if you can't score and you can't do what you're so mo- most accustomed to, what else is in your game? What else is in your arsenal that you're able to bring to the ice? I think Nico is able to do that with face-offs, whether it be getting back and, and skating back 200, 200 feet on the back check. You know, you got to figure out ways to be effective and be productive even if you're not scoring goals. Nico Heischer is that type of player. He's a lot of fun to watch. And I think, you know, other young players could learn from him to the way he watches, the way he plays the game, the way he's determined uh, to be better. So um, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good young talent mixed with this veteran leadership on this roster with Palmieri and obviously Travis Zajac coming back. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see how things evolve, but, I'm looking forward to see how it all comes together for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and again, you know, you mentioned some of the guys, some of the other guys I didn't mention, you know, PK Subban that, you know, you know, it was definitely a difficult year for him, but again, he faced the same adversity that quite frankly, everybody else on this team faced. So I think that he probably will have a bounce back season. I think he's going to be, you know, re-energized. I think he's going to be ready to go. He's definitely going to be considered a leader. Travis Zajac, who's played his entire career as a New Jersey devil and probably will either retire as a double or play most of his career. It all just depends on his situation. But, you know, that would be another leader on this team. Nico, I think at this point, is ready to take on a more leadership role. But I do expect the Devils to do something like what the New York Rangers have done the last couple of years, where they really didn't have a definitive captain. It's just a bunch of alternates. And it's just about having different voices in the locker room, which I think goes a long way. So you kind of answered my question, my, my last question to you. And, and again, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, but my question I'll ask you again is, what is your honest expectation for the Devils this upcoming season? Like, where do you see them honestly fin- finishing? And is there one particular player that you think is going to stand out more than the others? Yeah, well, as I said, I, you know, I, I, I do think the Devils are certainly going to be improved. I, I think they're going to be exciting to watch with all this young talent coming together. Um, uh, you know, we can't expect any of the draft picks that uh, were chosen in 2020 to be on this team, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, a lot of, uh, or a few of these players that are in the pipeline, like the Ty Smiths and the Nolan Foots, uh, um, even a Jesper Boquist who we didn't, uh, talk about Neil has a, right. has an opportunity to earn a, maybe a bottom six role with this, 
uh, organization this year. So uh, I like with the, all these young players coming up and, and having an opportunity to watch them play. Um, I think the Devils are, are, are going to be just outside uh, um, a playoff spot this year. I still think, yeah. you know, when you look at the Eastern Conference, and gosh, we don't even know what the divisional <laughs> alignments are going to look like, right? So I'm just taking alignment? a stab. Yeah, I'm right. just taking a stab at, oh, um, with, with all the with, – with the good – clubs that we've seen we saw in the playoffs last year and um how you just never know which team is going to falter from year to year it seems right. to come down to goaltending and and defense uh, to get into the playoffs but um you know we'll see where the devil's defense and that's i think that's the thing that you know kind of uh, limits me from saying or you know i'm kind of hesitant to say that the devils will own a playoff spot i want to see how this defense comes together because yeah. you know you got two fresh faces in there possibly a young face and ty smith yep. so let's see how it all comes together if it hey if it looks good after 20 25 games and yep. they're on track to maybe compete or even make a playoff spot then i'm wrong in, in <laughs> my assessment and what i said but right. I just want to see it come together first before I say with confidence that the Devils are a playoff team. I think it will come together eventually. Yep. I just don't think it's it'll be this year. I think next year we're going to see the Devils squad because we'll see a lot more pieces in place and a lot more of an experienced uh, and a lot more of an experienced team. Um, and as far as as far as the a player, I'm really looking forward to watching. I got to be honest, it's got to be Jack. It's got to yep. be Jack Hughes. I, uh, you know. I watched him for two years at the national team development program. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was just lights out with that team and what he was able to do. His skating was off the charts. He was so much better than college players, two, three years older than him. Mm. Um, and I knew it would be somewhat of a struggle coming over to the NHL as an 18 year old kid, right. um, because you can't just come into the NHL as, as an 18 year old and expect that you're going to be doing those same things. And sure enough, you know, the devil's, you know, Devils have somewhat of a limited roster. And it was tough on Jack because he was playing wing one night. He would be switched uh, – his line mates would be switched on another night. Just trying to fit him in roles that would best benefit his game. But it just didn't pan out for him last year. You know, he was nicked up a lot. And, and playing that full schedule um, as a teenager is really, really tough. So, yeah. the play – that I think when I look at a player that I know is going to, to enter this season – uh, you know, with real fire in his veins, yeah. it's going to be Jack Hughes. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing that, Neil. Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, talking about the expectations, I think what you said is very fair. I, I've said to people that to me, the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for is just this team to be competitive. You know, let, let's face it. I don't think people, Devils fans want to go down having this situation where we have multiple three goal leads and we consistently blow each mm. one of them. I think that's that's something that we'd like to see improved. Uh, but as long as they're competitive throughout the season, I think a lot of Devils fans, including myself, are going to be very satisfied. If we happen to make the playoffs, and hey, it's 2020 going into 2021. It's been a crazy year. Anything can happen. And in a 52-56 game season, if the Devils just get hot at the right time, you never know what could happen. And they could, they could somehow you know, make the playoffs. So that, that's always a possibility. But if the young guys are coming in, they're contributing – other guys are developing the way that they need to. That's going to be the most important thing. And, you know, I like that you mentioned Jack Hughes. I think out of all the Devils players, he's going to be the guy that most people want to see develop. And, and I just want to say this. We did draft another centerman with the number one overall pick two years prior to Jack Hughes. And Nico Heischer 
while he had a very impressive and very productive rookie year, you know, his points have dropped a little bit the last couple of years and people have criticized him, but he's constantly bounced back. So I expect the same from mm-hmm. Jack Hughes. And with the talent that Jack Hughes has, especially that scoring ability, I think, you know, with him building muscle and getting better, I think that's going to be very beneficial for him. And having this long break is going to give him a really good opportunity to focus in and really be productive for this team. Uh, For me personally, the player that uh, I have the biggest expectations for in a way is actually Nikita Gusev. Because again, when you look at how he produced second half of the year, people, you know, the whole team was saying, you know, constantly, they had never seen a player this talented before this guy who had the ability. And yeah, it struggled at first with learning the NHL game. And obviously, you know, having a coach like, you know, John Hines that, you know, seemed to not know how to really use him. Once the Devils just let him go out there and play the way he's capable of playing, he is, he is a tremendous and very talented player. And so I think this year with him also, mind everybody, this is the last year of his two-year contract. He signed with the Devils. You know, he's going to have a lot to prove. And I think he's going to be a top six winger for the Devils. And I think he's going to be somebody that the Devils are going to be very happy to have. And it's going to be super, super productive. Now, Mike, before we let you go, and once again, thank you so much for coming on today. I want you to have the platform to uh, basically tell people where they can find you and uh, if you have any uh, exciting things uh, going on that you're doing. Thanks, Neil. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, and for most most of the time, I'm, you know, I listen to uh, – I, I get a lot of tweets about questions regarding the Devils or about prospects, and feel free to, to reach out to me there at – Mike Moriel, NHL. Um, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, the one big tournament coming up, obviously, is the World Junior Championship. And I'm very much involved in that. Uh, it's a tournament that I've covered, um, whether I've been there live uh, or done it remotely, like I will this year from home, mm-hmm. um, because we all can't be in Edmonton. So um, I'll be covering the tournament uh, just about every game. Uh, um, and we'll be doing roundups and ra- uh, recaps uh, on NHL.com uh, regarding the tournament. So you can check out NHL.com and, 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 and what's going on there as far as the tournament is concerned. And uh, we'll have uh, team previews upcoming too, Neil. Uh, you know, the Devils uh, will be previewed uh, prior to the start of the season. I think team previews are going to start loading up on the site uh, the beginning in January. Okay. Um, and also one other platform is uh, – um, I have a podcast uh, with my colleague, Adam Kimmelman, who also does a lot of the prospect work, NHL Draft Class. You can, uh, you know, you can find it on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, mm-hmm. wherever you get your uh, podcasts, wherever platform you use, it's there, NHL Draft Class. We recently, uh, actually, we just completed an episode. We spoke to uh, University of Michigan coach Mel Pearson and, and one of the top Good. prospects in the 2021 draft, uh, Owen Power, big yep big defenseman he could go number one in the draft so uh interesting stuff there if you you uh, are curious about top prospects for the upcoming draft awesome well well mike thank you so much for coming on today we really do appreciate it and we will definitely have you back on again later on this season especially when the year gets underway and we look forward to seeing all the great content that you put out on a day-to-day basis so mike thank you so much for for doing this today Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me on, on, the, on the program. And for you and your listeners, please stay safe and, and enjoy the World Junior Championship. Absolutely. And also, I want to wish you and your family a happy holidays as well. 
Yes, same to you and all the fans out there. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, have a healthy and safe New Year. Thank you so much. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, Hockey Podcast Network. Dot org where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devils logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils, and also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil's State of Mind website where there you can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday, where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all of those. Again, it's spelled M-O. F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, Go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It, it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on.